0: Oh, welcome everybody tonight to a special version of we've got a crossover of It Had to Be Said with Venus and we've got Delivery Bros with Anthony here.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Mr. AKA aka Black Fabio, aka the Midnight Marauder, aka The Future Evolution. I'm just
2: playing.
0: <laughs> and we've got Mr. Home of the Mist himself, Christopher Staley
2: I'm not saying a word this time around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And our special guest tonight uh, John Mark Talley from War of the Stars
3: Hello everybody
1: Hi Mr. Talley
3: (laughs) Hello Bonjour, hola Como Uh, estas? Me
0: Right (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got And on and on (laughs) Uh, So tonight we're doing a special presentation Um of, what was it called again? <laughs> Personal Profiles. There we profiling. go. I
1: don't think I should be a part of this. We're profiling <laughs> the
0: <people.
1: laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Okay, never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end the stigma on adoption tonight. So, um, Mark was adopted, correct?
3: Yes, that is Correct.
0: I feel so weird doing an interview It's like, ask questions.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, Mark, like, um, did you face any adversity, you know, being an adopted son?
3: Not really. Um, yeah, I mean, no, it was just, it was what it was. It was just part of my life. And, you know, I never felt anybody ever, you know, I was never... Picked on because I was adopted, or I mean, I was I was picked on, but it was for other reasons other than you know being adopted. But um, that was just it was just who I was. I was just happened to be adopted.
1: So I mean, how old were you when you were adopted?
3: I was a baby. I was just uh like not even two weeks old. Two weeks old, man. You were. I was just. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're fresh. Yeah, in fact, um, the story is is that my biological mom was planning on keeping me, and her parents wanted to give me up for adoption, but she wanted to keep me, and she made the decision to put me up for adoption ten days before I was born. Man, so, so
0: why why was she pressured to put you up for adoption by her parents, though? Uh,
3: she, she was. Like, uh, she well, she wasn't super. I mean, maybe for the time it was young. She was just out of high school, uh, single mom, and um, her parents were were Catholic or are and still are Catholic. So oh boy. there was that. There was that stigma. There was that that thing, and they. I think they also knew that she wasn't in a place that she really could take care of a kid. Um, I
2: see.
3: You know, mentally, well, yeah, would you mourn? Seventy-seven. You're seventy-seven. I was born in seventy-seven.
1: Oh, 1977.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Seven years old. Wow.
3: Well, you're no, very 42. youthful for seventy-seven. Yes. No, I'm forty. I'm forty-two. I was born in nineteen seventy-seven. So, I mean, that you know, air that time period, you know, obviously, it could have gone a completely different way. As far as you know, the decision. Although I think with her parents, my biological mom's parents being uh, very devout Catholic, I don't think that abortion was even on the table.
0: Did they uh, even have abortion as an option, like in seventy-seven?
3: Back at- uh, yeah, yeah, I believe uh, they did. Yeah, yeah. Roe v. Wade was like seventy-four, I believe seventy-three or seventy-four was Roe v. Wade.
0: Yeah, but they were really dangerous and stuff, weren't they? Like oh, oh like they're not now.
3: Uh, back then, I'm sure, yeah, they were probably a lot more dangerous than they are now, but, you know, I don't really know the, anything, uh, all about that, about that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things that, you know, it just happened to work out. My parents wanted a baby and I happened to be available.
2: Well, I know, I know you gave, the gave the backstory of your mother. Where, where was your, your biological father and all this? Like, do you have any background on him?
3: Um, I just recently started to find out some stuff about him. He was an alcoholic. And mm. I, from what my mom told me, my biological mom told me, he was a really sweet guy. He just had a drinking problem. And for son? years, what
2: son? No. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Really? I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> really, Chris? <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is why um, I said, should I just keep my mic off for this one? <laughs> wow. So, Chris, but, you're really
1: his daddy, even though y'all, like, close to the same age. I don't mean no damn yeah.
2: sense. Yeah. I'm my own grandpa. Oh. <laughs> it,
1: okay. Anyway. Born this episode already. Anyway.
3: Um <laughs> all the only thing i knew about him for years is that he was living on the east coast somewhere in new hampshire up in in the new england area and i found out recently he passed away the same year my adopted my my father my adopted father died um ironically they had the same name they both were bill so that was kind of those weird weird coincidences, but supposedly talking to my aunt on my dad's side, he actually came out here to reconnect with me shortly before he passed away. And he was in Ohio. He got cleaned up. He was in Ohio and he fell off the wagon bad and was so ashamed. He came back. He went back home to New Hampshire and never, uh, he was dead within like a couple of like a year, less than a year. Wow. Wow. Um. So, but I mean, growing up, there was never something. Even after I met my mom, it was, meeting my dad was never something. It wasn't like I held any animosity towards him. It was just one of those things of if I meet him, I meet him. If I don't, it's no skin off skin off me. But but you wanted to meet your mom. I eventually I did. When I was younger, and my 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 folks always left it up to me. You know, they kind of they knew. Um. They knew who my mom was. They knew who my grandparents were. Um, but they always just kind of left it up to me. So when I found out I had a sister, that kind of really started to pique my interest in meeting my biological family.
2: No doubt. Yeah. Do you have a good relationship with your biological family like your sister that you found out you have?
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I have a great relationship with them. They're amazing. In fact, it's interesting how much we have in, I have in common with them as far as likes and interest and personality it's so amazing how much we're I'm similar to my biological family
0: so like did your mom know your adoptive parents or like how did that happen that um, your adoptive parents adopted you
3: it it was interesting okay so my adoption story is this is my mom my mom the mom who I call my mom the one that raised me was working for a psychiatrist at the time and they had been wanting to have or they'd been wanting to have a baby for a while and they couldn't my dad when he was younger had uh mumps and one of the side effects from mumps if it drops down is it can leave you sterile uh, found out he wasn't exactly totally sterile because when i was about eight or nine maybe ten my mom had a miscarriage so um but, and they've been through it for, they've gone through several places, several things where they thought they were getting a baby and something happened in the end and, um, she heard, this psychiatrist heard about my Debbie, who's my biological mom, uh, put us together. It was, uh, it wasn't through an adoption agency. It was just a private adoption and, um, that's how it kind of happened. No. Um, and the thing that is interesting talking to my mom about it is that the she thought because they had to keep me in the hospital for a few extra days for something. I don't remember what it was. So my mom was thinking that this whole time that my that Debbie, my biological mom, was holding me, nursing me, you know, putting me to bed, all this stuff and was scared just scared to death because, and I don't know if you know this, but up until the time that the papers are officially signed, you go to court and you see the judge and the judge says, okay, everything's okay. The biological mom can change her mind at any point during that process. Oh, wow. So so yeah, my mom could have said at any time, you know what? I've changed my mind. I want my child. Even up to the point so even up to the point where I'm living I'm living with my mom. You know, I'm there, she's feeding me, she's putting me to bed, I'm you know, creating that bond there's creating that bond there. Debbie could have said at any time, nope, I want her back. But this is finding talking to my biological mom. After I was born, the minute I was born they took her they took me away from her oh. and put me in a nursery. And she didn't see me again until she was leaving the hospital. And then she got to hold me to carry me out to the person who was to take me to my parents for the uh, to to send me home with them. So that was the that was the only time she got to hold me as a baby. That's like this.
0: Sounds so heartbreaking.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean it is, but it all worked out in the end. I mean it was.
0: Did um, she
2: regret her decision?
3: No. No not not one not one talking with her she does have one regret because she saw she sees how I grew up and the man I became and she's you know she said you know that's all because of who raised you you know the man I became was because of who my parents were and you know she says that you know I don't you know she didn't know she could give me that type of a life you know she specifically was very specific in the type of people that she wanted to raise me So, and that went a long way in how I turned out.
0: I don't think any, like, okay, I'm just going to like butt in here. I don't think like any mom at like any point is like ever ready for a baby. Like we find out we're pregnant and it's like, you know, okay, now I've got to like deal with the consequences or, you know, I just get to like totally toss it away you know, like through abortion or something, because it's like always the second option is abortion immediately. Yeah. And like, we're just never ready. Like I'm like almost 30 years old and I'm like, ha- about to have my third child and I'm like, wow, I'm not even ready for this one. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know. That's just sound like terrible. Like to, I like to have a baby and then be like, okay, I'm like really not ready like that's a lot of responsibility yeah. right there, like if, whether you decide to keep a baby or pull up for adoption, but to pull up for adoption, because, you know it's it's a better life for a baby. like, wow, like that took a yeah. lot of a lot oh, of oh, yeah,
3: and that's one thing that my parents always, you know, kind of instilled with me is they always they never vilified Debbie. They always made it out to be to say, in fact, I was talking to my mom earlier, and they she said, it was a sacrifice for her. And that's how they kind of, bit, is like, this was a, she was giving me up because she wanted to have me to have a better life. So they always, she always kind of build it as this is really beautiful, you know, beautiful thing that she would, she would do this because she knew that she couldn't give me the life that I, that, that she wanted to give me and that she thought I deserved.
2: Well, see that, that this, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before air, a little bit, and I'm not going to go into it because I, I know we said we weren't going to talk about it. But you know, th- this is something that that's really impressive to me, and it, it's been it's been uh, confirmed by Debbie, by by your biological mother, that she had your welfare and best interests at heart mm-hmm. as opposed to her yeah. own. This wasn't a selfish act. This was a very selfless act to yes. give you the better life and, and give yeah. uh, put you with a better family. Yeah, you know, and. That God, it's so rare anymore, especially nowadays. But even back in seventy-seven, that was a rare thing that somebody thought about. Yeah. It, like, like, like Venus said. Like, I can't even imagine trying to like give away my children. Like, yeah. And I'm a guy. I mean, I didn't birth the child, but yeah. You know, I'm so bonded to my children. I'm sitting here just trying to put myself in, in Debbie's shoes right now, of like watching. Oh yeah my child go with another family. It's like, it would tear me apart.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I, we've never really talked about how she felt afterwards. And that that may be something next time we, we see her, I might talk to her about how, and even the fact that she made the decision just 10 days, like she was all ready to, to keep me. And it was, you know, she said she crawled into into her parents' bed one you know one night and just and told them that she'd made the decision that she's going to give me up for adoption. So
0: yeah, it sounds like they have a good relationship too.
3: They do. Like, the they, yeah. They That's they beautiful. do. Um, yeah, you know, I won't go into the whole you know a lot of the family because my biological family is very scattered, all over. So we don't get to see them a lot. Like I see my parents and my and my grandpa, my uh, grandma and grandpa are separated now. Um, but um, but like,
0: like she was like eighteen year... Sorry.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No. Go ahead.
0: But she was like eighteen years old and like crawls up in like mommy and daddy's bed, like, and you know, going through that stuff. Like that must have been like such family support right there. Like, yeah. I can't even remember, like, being allowed to ever crawl into my mom and dad's bed. but <laughs> Like, I think the only time, like, I've ever, like, laid in a bed beside my dad was when I was, like, feeding him pudding when he was, like, in his on his deathbed, dying of mm. cancer. So that's, like, mm. pretty, like, yeah. So, like, one of those moments is, like, some pretty intense moment. Yeah. Like, this woman, yeah, like, this woman was pretty strong, to, like, and obviously got good parents, like, you know, so she's... She, It's it's a good foundation in order to like raise a child properly, like having good parents. Yeah. But having that strength and your parents like there with you and you know, like probably crying and everything and you know
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I
0: there's not a lot of like people that support their kids like that nowadays. Like like they're your parents, and you know they get to boss you around and tell you what to do because like they own you because you're a little person, and there's not like a lot of support like that anymore either,
3: yeah, and oh, we try really to yeah I mean we we tried not to be like that with with Lily with our daughter. we try to you know obviously teach her, but you know give her support and you know help her, but you know just teach her you know your basic you know life lessons and right from wrong and you know, but still, you know, love her and show her.
0: Hug her when she's but, sad.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be there for Exactly, exactly.
2: Well, you so. know, I got I definitely have two questions from this. Like I, I know I'm kinda of beating a dead horse and this isn't my show, so I shouldn't even be oh, speaking. No. But I mean, like, number one, how old were you when you finally met or tracked down and met Debbie?
3: Uh, so let's see I'm trying I was actually trying to figure this out the other day so Ella my sister is going to be a junior this year I think wow so she's <laughs> like yeah we're quite yeah. a bit di- we're, there's quite a bit of age group age difference I, she might even be a sophomore Wow So she's like 14 15 maybe 16 I don't think she's 16 yet and I met her. When Ella was three, so it was like early 2000s. So it was like 2002, 2003. Wow. So yes, there's quite a bit of age and my uh, my sister is uh, ha- does have Down syndrome, um, which is another really interesting thing is the fact that my biological mom, she went to college and was was um, for uh, um, special needs. Uh, teacher for special needs kids, and it was just uh, so ironic that she goes to school to help and work with special needs kids, and then she has a special needs kids of her own. Wow! So that was just one of those kind of weird, like cool little coincidences. I always thought, but, um, but yeah, that's when I kind of was started to get interested, you know. And it was about two thousand and two, two thousand and three, and we went over there. To their house, they lived um, toward my grandparents' house. My biological grandparents. Um, they live in the they live in the same town that we uh, that I live in. And it was me and my mom and my dad, and we just kind of met and had lunch over there. And I think the the moment I really felt like I was part of the family was they invited me to my grandparent my grandpa's seventieth birthday, <clears throat> and the whole family was there. Every, it was sort of surprise birthday every all the aunts and uncles and cousins, and they introduced me as their grandson oh. and that was like the moment I'm like, okay, I'm in yes. this, <laughs> I, i'm part'm I'm, I'm as much a part of his family, but you know I've never viewed debbie as I've always viewed debbie as as, as an aunt mm. she's always been more of like an aunt to me and my you know my mom would even kind of says like just always remember." I'm your mom. I'm the one who raised you. I'm the one who you know took care of you. She's your. She might be your biological mother, but it's almost like the scene from. Um, if we're gonna go, since this is a, more of a nerdy podcast from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, with um, he might be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Yep. Line. Ly- yeah. You know, so, but it, it wasn't meant to be a knock on Debbie. It was just you know, because I think I you're think my kid was- too. Yeah, and I think there was a lot, and she's even admitted this, there was a little trepidation on her part. There was a little nervousness, and even with my especially with my dad, that I would love her more or I would want to be with her, you know, end up wanting to be with her, and of course that never happened because you know, I was raised with you know, yeah, you know, it'll always be your parents. Yeah, they'll always be yeah, they'll always be mom and dad. Yeah, the only so time. So was she I,
0: like supportive of you like finding your like like birth mother? Yes.
3: Yeah. In fact, they, the they, always me, they always told me anytime I'm ready, just let us know, and we'll 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 do the introduction. We'll set it up.
0: So, so they're when did they tell you also, we were adopted?
3: Uh, I've always known. I okay. don't remember a time not knowing. You know, as as. And, yeah, I do not remember, like, a, a, a specific instance where they told me that I was adopted. I'm just kind of always known. And they've always made it very open and very public and very, you know, like, like I said earlier, that, you know, yeah, you are our little miracle. Oh, so, mm-hmm. In fact, my name, they specifically chose my name because it means gift of God. And they kind of saw me as as God's gift to them. So. That's this, like
0: totally. Yeah. This totally doesn't seem like the Hollywood type of adoption thing or whatever. Well, no, <laughs> no. Is, like, and, i mean, far from that.
3: Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, and I know every adoption story is different and, Oh yeah.
0: You
3: know, in each, each situation is different. And just like every family situation is different. You know, I was raised, I think the only, the, the only thing that was really different i would say about my my upbringing was the fact that i had older parents and like like how old were they uh (laughs) they were about (laughs) let's see my mom was in her late 30s my dad was in his late 40s oh wow
0: oh so they're not that old
3: yeah but for the time they were so it's very true. So the situation we especially when I got older, the situation you had would be like if we were like I had neighborhood friends, but if they were like going to you know like after church they're going to someone's house, nine times out of ten the people that they were friends with that had kids, their kids were already either teenagers or already grown. So uh, I learned quickly to being an only child, I learned quickly to um, play by myself to you know kind of entertain myself and if i was at someone's house i also learned quickly to you know at a young age to be able to hold conversation with adults
2: you know and i had something similar to that growing up in the neighborhood i grew up in i grew up in a uh, older older german irish neighborhood where you know uh i was pretty much one of the only children on the block so yeah. you same same deal. Only child. You learn to play by yourself and and entertain yourself. And when you're yeah. around other people, you've learned to hold adult conversations with people that yeah. were obviously older than you. So I, I that's something yeah. I actually get.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, sorry. Oh, I mean, I had neighborhood um, friends uh, in the neighborhood, but you know, it wasn't yeah. you. know. It was it was a small town, so everybody kinda knew everybody everybody and you always knew it was one of those things you know, growing up and that you knew if you got in trouble by the time you got home, even if no one else knew you know knew about it, everyone was gonna know about it. Because <laughs> Mrs. Johnson would tell Mrs Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Smith would tell Mrs. Galleon, and Mrs. Galleon would tell your mom.
2: <laughs> that truth followed you home. It was there before yes. you. Yes,
3: yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, your parents already had your like discipline waiting for you, whatever that was, or your spanking ready for you, or yeah. <laughs> you walk in the door and the hands already cranked. Okay, let's go. <laughs> what is this for? <laughs> Why are you doing yeah. this to me? <laughs> Anthony,
2: Anthony, you've been awfully quiet in this. Anything you want to ask?
1: Oh, so, um, I would say the one thing I want to know is, like, do you feel like sometimes, like, with the fact that you were adopted, and this is before you knew your mother and Mm. all that, do you feel like you um, had just, like, questions that felt unanswered before you kind of went into the process of, like, do you feel you got to ask all the questions you wanted?
3: I have, I have. Um, my big, my biggest, my biggest questions, ironically, kind of funny were, I've always been interested in like, learning about different cultures and like, I always wanted to know where I was from, um, not just like my immediate family, but like where my family culture hi- history came from, um, and also for you know medical reasons too, you know, and so learning about that, going through my, my, my family, my biological family is very big on their family history and, you know, learning where they came from and they have all kinds of In fact, They have my, in my mom, my biological mom's house, she has a, um, um, it's uh, a ship manifest from the ship that my great grandparent, my great grandfather came from Belgium over Belgium over on. With the name of the ship, his name, where he was, where you know, where he came, what the the uh, the port he left at, where they docked at, and where he was headed, and how much money he had on him. Uh, wow. So that was always kind of my, you know, wanting to know about my family was where were they from, um, what were their interests, what kind of you know, life did they do they lead, what you know, that type of thing.
1: Makes sense. and I feel
3: like it was all I, I feel like it all got it all got answered for me
1: and that's that's understandable and that's I think yeah. that's important because yeah. I mean everybody wants a relationship with their parents even like even if like I know a lot of people who have been adopted like I got family members that are adopted even my grandfather he was adopted by his grandmother and that's what he calls his mom because like his biological mother was um an alcoholic.
4: Yeah.
1: And like, you know, there was a lot of traumatic things that happened for him. But like, my like, for instance, like his sister and brother are actually not his biological sisters and brothers. But mm-hmm. I call them auntie and uncle. So it's just like yeah. I mean, I feel like what well, your story is you're showing that there can be positivity in the adoption realm. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes there are cases where it's really, really, really positive, And there are some cases where it's just, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you went through this. Yeah. I mean, every story, every story is different. And yeah. what's great about yours is there's still hope for the system in a way. Even though there's a lot of things... Yeah, there's hope in the system. There's still a lot of things that need work, of course. We all agree with that, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, It shows that... It shows that there are still people that care about children out there. I mean, even back then, especially... You came from a time where... You know, being young and pregnant was very frowned upon. Mm -hmm. And... You know, the fact that... Your biological mom's parents like were very supportive with her on whatever decision she made because yeah. pe- not a lot of people were thinking progressive like that
3: yeah they, well they I, I wouldn't say that they were I mean they were supportive but the, yeah. it was from what I understand there was an ultimatum it was you know if you want to keep the baby fine but you're if you if if you do keep the baby you're going to have to do this on your own I mean, um,
1: but even then, like uh, you think about it, though,
3: even yeah. for
2: even from that standpoint,
3: yeah,
2: that's kind of a hollow threat, though. Let Let's be real. I mean, how many how many of us have made that conver- or that that threat, or how many parents have made that threat to their daughters, uh, their their teenage daughters when they have a boyfriend or something like that, and you know they're sexually active, and it's like if you get pregnant, you're on your own you know yeah. damn right well you know as as parents we would never abandon our our children in time of need especially yeah. when it comes to children you know so no. I, I i i don't know your your biological mom's parents but that unless they're really hardcore catholic where where they're looking at this as a sin as opposed to a you know my daughter in need um that feels so much to me like such an empty threat. Just you know, trying to yeah. make make her understand the severity of the situation at hand.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean it could could very well be, but you know, I don't know exactly the whole, you know, what was going on on with in that whole full situation. Really, I just know like kind of what I was told and right. You know
0: that's good enough. And I I don't
3: think it was a thing where they were going to disown her. It was just one of those things of it was more, you know, you're gonna have to find a a place of your own to live then. Yeah. It wasn't like they were gonna just, you know, kick her out on the street and, you know, disown or anything like that. It was just like, you know, okay, you're gonna have the kid, okay, you you know, if you wanna keep it, you're gonna have to be responsible.
0: I've heard uh, so many parents like like, so many girls my age or, like, younger, a bit older and stuff, like, okay, we'll give, like, 10, 10 years both ways, so about between 20 and, and 40, that their parents, like, said that to them as well. It's like, if you're going to keep this baby, um, you're out on your own pretty much and blah, 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 and, like, the girl could be 15 years old. And her parents are like, well, you're going to have to do it all on your own. And it's like, well, like, why aren't you there for your kid? Like, like, you have to show this girl how to be a mother. You have to show her how to be a parent. I agree with that. Yeah. If you're just going to kick her out, she's obviously not going to learn how to be a parent. And you're forcing her into this. Like, this is her life decision. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's going to be hard for her to finish school. They have daycares. She could take a year off. You know, you can help her. Or babysit your grandchild while she's in school, like what yeah. is wrong with par- Like parents that say that, like I can't even imagine ever saying that to my daughter. If my daughter ever got pregnant, like I'd probably cry my ass off. Yeah, but, but that's kind but, of. But you know, I'd be hugging her and holding her, and it's like you know, like okay, well now you're gonna have to be a mom, and that means I'm gonna have to be a grandma. So that means I have to be a mom to you and a grandma to this baby. Like there's so much responsibility that you have to kind of teach your kids and so many parents don't want to do that.
2: That's kind of, that's kind of my point. Like, you know, again, putting, putting myself in the scenario, you know, my daughter comes home pregnant, of course, you know, the tough love in me is going to be like, well, the father better step up, and, you know, I'm not doing the diapers and the, and the, the blah, blah, blah. You've got to raise this baby. This is your bed. You made it, you know, you got to lie in it. But at the same indifference, not only would I not leave my daughter in her time of need, that's my grandchild. What kind of a piece of shit do I, excuse me, piece of crap do I have to be to, you know, ignore yeah. the needs of my own grandchild, regardless of the circumstances yeah. that this child came into the world? Yeah. Like,
0: the baby didn't ask for it. Like, I think when I became a parent, like, I wasn't ready. Like, I was 18 when I got pregnant. Like, my parents weren't there for me. It was extremely hard. And, like, I still pulled through it. I wish my mom would have been there more. And I wish my mom wouldn't have, like, been so hard on me about it and everything. Like, my mom moved, like, six hours out of town when I got pregnant. (laughs) So, she, like, really wasn't there. And it's like, wow, like, moms, you really need to be doing your jobs, like, supporting your kids like it, yeah. abortion and stuff is not the only option. Like there's things yeah. you can do. Like we make sacrifices for our children, so this girl's gonna have to grow up and make sacrifices for her children. But she's gonna learn it from you. Yeah. Like you. I mean, you're you got to teach.
1: You got to teach your kids how to fish. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what everybody else feels, this is between you, your child, and your grandson. Yeah. And. When it comes down to it, I think it's important, and this is something that I feel like the older generation has slipped on: is teaching a lot of these young kids that have to have that are having children at a very young age. You know, you know, give them some game on how to raise this child. You know, yeah. that's why we got a lot of babies having babies that have no idea how to raise a kid, and that's why you're seeing a lot of the issues we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. Because they never got that passed on to um to them by their parents. And-,
0: and like a lot of their parents were like neglectful parents. Like if we look at like a lot of parents, they worked all the time or there's a lot of like divorce rates or like single moms and stuff. And it was always like like there's a lot of families that are like always resentful towards another parent and they take it out on their children and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, the kid didn't ask to be born. You didn't ask to have this child born. What you did is you kept the child, and you decided to be responsible for that child. That's your responsibility, and Um, like you, you don't have a choice in the matter. It's not about you and your ex, your your, the kid's dad or whatever. It's about you and this child that you're having. Well, I
2: think a lot of I think think one of the I think one of the major things that are lost on a lot of uh, parents. Even at at John and my age, because John and I are both the same age, um, even at at our age, I think it was lost on us, too, our our generation as well, um, is remembering the one simple fact is your job as a parent is not done until you're dead. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it doesn't matter if your child's 18, out on their own, married, children, their own life, house, car, whatever. They're still your kid, and you still teach them, whether it's through words of wisdom, through past experiences, uh, through whatever the case may be. You're passing that on to them, and they're passing that on to their children. Exactly. I think think one of the biggest things that are lost on a lot of parental uh, parents throughout the generations is remembering the fact that your job's not done at 18 years old.
3: Exactly. It's never done. No, I'm, it's not.
1: I'm still you know, learning I, lessons from my mom.
3: Oh, it yeah, me, me too. I, mean, I we we you know, full disclosure, you know, we live with my mom, so yeah, it's all you know. I'm always learning stuff from her and you know, asking her for her opinion and you know, thing things like that. And both me and my wife both do. You know, we both have you know, good Um, relationships with, with my, with my mom. And I have a good relationship with my in-laws or my mother-in-law. So, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I agree, you know, and, you know, with having a daughter now, it's, you know, I'm my whole job now is to teach her and to, you know, hopefully be a good reflection so that when she gets married, you know, she knows what a father should be and what a husband should be, that she can look at how I treat, you know, my Shelly, how, how I treat my wife. And if some guy starts treating her her badly or starts doing stuff, he can look like she can look at him. And it's like, no, I know that's not how a man's supposed to treat a woman because that's not how daddy treats mommy.
1: Exactly. Because, I mean, we live with a lot of children nowadays in this age where there's a lot of Stockholm syndrome. People yeah. are finding love in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. They don't love themselves. Like, and one thing, a lot of people need to know is that like you got to instill in your kids that self confidence, that self love too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and
0: appreciation, you know, and the like good for you, and the the praise when they do good stuff, and not just the discipline when they do bad stuff.
4: Yeah, like they yes. need to
0: feel appreciated and valued. They're little people. Like You may think that you own them and you control them and they're yours to like back in your every command. They're not. They're going to be conscious little things that are going yeah. to go out in the world and make decisions at some point. And yeah. however you treat them is how they're going to expect to be treated one, to later on in life.
3: One thing we've been doing, and this is one of the things that why I haven't been able to be on a lot of the Tuesday shows, is we've been doing this study with another young couple and it's about raising kids and mm. one of the things they talked about at the beginning of it was with discipline is always giving a reason why like not just say not just to tell your kid don't do this but to say this is why we don't do this so like they gave an example of and obviously when when you're real little you can't do that You know, they give an example of a little girl walking through a garden and she picks a flower and the mom says, you know, you know, Cindy, don't pick that flower. Mom, you'll have to spank, you know, spank your hand. And as she gets older, then the explanation is given. No, Cindy, you know, don't pick the flower. Then the explanation is given. If every little boy and girl came through the to the park and picked flowers, there'd be no flowers for the other other people to look at. So you always, I always feel like, and that's one thing we always try to do with our daughter is we've been trying to do with our daughter is not just tell her no, but to say, if we do tell her no, say, this is the reason why we're not, why we say you, you know, we don't want you to do this, you know, like, don't, because don't like,
0: you're going to be a pancake if you do. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, like pick, gonna... like with picking up, pick like her job is to pick up, pick up the dog's toys and to pick up her toys before she goes to bed and we tell her we do that because in the tolly household we help each other and by picking up your toys you're helping us you're helping and mommy and daddy won't trip you know we'll have to worry about tripping over something and hurting themselves so i used to
0: say that to my kids too like They're like, why do I have to pick up my stuff? Or, like, why do I have to sweep up the floor? You know, not, like, a big chore, but, you know, after dinner when there's, like, some food on the floor, because food gets on the floor, you know, they have to sweep it up. And obviously they're not going to do the greatest job of doing it, but they get, like, most of it, and, you know, there's some dirt left. But but no big deal, right? And they're like, well, why do we have to clean? And it's like, well, because if you don't help me clean, and like do these little things, then I have to do it. And if I have to do it, then I get less time to spend with you because it has to get done because we can't live with food on the floor. And if if I don't get more time with you, well, then how do you feel? Well, I don't like it. Well, that's why we do these small little things so we can spend more time together. Exactly, exactly.
1: I mean, then on top of that, like, you got to realize, like, one thing that's really needed to be instilled in kids these days is responsibility and understand our consequences. Oh yeah.
3: responsibility and I think respect. I think that is yes. one thing that's very. I mean, I I work at um, a large um, department store here, here in here in America, a large retail store here in America, and I just see it. In the, I go in the break room and I see it all the time. I see just disrespect for the people that are around that are that around them you know i see they're they're talking on their phones on speakerphone at full volume with no respect for the privacy or you know not caring if the people around them want to hear the conversation Mm -hmm. and it just it just ticks me off so much because it's like i just want to take their phone and just smash it against the wall and say Mm -hmm. just stop it or they're watching watching a video and they again you know they don't have headphones on. They're just, you know, have the phone out. And they're just watching it at full volume, and you know, f bombs are dropping everywhere. And I'm just like, there's just no respect anymore. I agree I mean, because it goes like, back to the parents. I mean, and unfortunately, if, yeah. It goes. I'm, it's uh, it's the the parents. Uh, it's the parents' job to instill that respect, and you know, that respect in children. See, I think
0: it's like. I think it's, like, a point that you need to, like, respect your children. Like, if they are going to get in trouble and it's, like, you know, did you do this? No, I didn't do it. Well, no, I know you did it. Okay, so you need to step up and you need to say, yes, I did it. And once you step up and say, yes, I did it, well, then I'll take the moment and you can explain to me why you did it. Because, yeah. like, kids are like, kids are careless, right? They don't think about the consequences yeah. of what they're doing. So if they have to I, sit there and, like, explain, like, I did it because... This would happen or something. It didn't work out yeah. that way. It's like, well, honey, you know, next time, try it like this or ask mommy for help or this or that. And like some, most of the time, like kids don't even deserve to be like punished for half the things they get punished for because yeah. it is just a careless thing that happens. So you really have to yeah. make them like be responsible and talk about what happened.
2: Yeah. But see, you, there, there, there are times like I'll give an example, like with my children, if they lie to me or or, you know, they do something that I blatantly told them over and over again not to do then they yeah. wind up getting put into the corner. And, of course, we that's a whole debacle, you know, whining, crying, till they finally get oh, yes. in the corner. But the punishment isn't yes. over just because they're in the corner. The punishment doesn't resolve until they I let them out of the corner, I bring them back to me, and I make them tell me, why, why did I have to do that? Why did I put you in the corner? Yeah. And they yeah. describe to me what they did wrong. And then that's when we have the conversation of, what they could have done better or what they could have fixed. And we always end the situation with a hug. And I love you.
3: Exactly. And that's one thing my dad, my dad always did with me. And I always do like, you know, if, and I, I, I was spanked as a child and, but my dad afterwards and my mom too, she'd always, they'd always sit me down and explain, you know, why, why they, why they punished me. And, you know, they talked to me you know kind of talked me kind of what, what you were kind of explaining, Chris, was you know, you know, taking me through you know, what happened, what I could have done differently. And I think I think the other thing that is missing today is and me we've talked about this before me and my wife, is there's a time to take your child's side and there's a time to not, you know, mm-hmm. and like like she said she you know my wife said time, many, many times in school she come home and the pair and you know she get in trouble at school and she make up this excuse about her teachers being mean to them and her parents would be like i don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna trust the adult more than you you're the child i'm the adult and you know nowadays it's like they always parents always will always take the ch- side of the child and i think that's something that you can't always do because kids are and anybody who's parents will know kids are devious kids will do anything they can to get out of getting in trouble
2: that, They will that's that's the absolute truth is uh you know, of course you're going to believe your 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 offspring, and there's going to be blinders in it because you want to believe your child's the best child in the world. We all think our children oh, yeah. are the best children in the world, but sometimes you just have to accept the reality that your little hellion raised a little hell, <laughs> and there's going to be consequences for that.
3: Yeah, you know. And one one thing one thing me and my wife did even before we um had our had our first child when we were first married was we said that when we have a kid. We are going to be, we have to be united, united front. We cannot be divided. We cannot let, her, let our child, we cannot let our little girl divide us because they will try. If you have, if you have two if you, if you're, you know, if you have a wife or another, a mother, you know, in this in the family, your kid will try to divide you. You know, you'll do the thing of, you know, I'll give the punishment and then she'll go behind my back and try and weasel out of it with mom. So we made the decision mm-hmm. that whoever gives the punishment, that is the punishment that sticks.
2: Try, try, try making that happen with a divorced family.
3: I uh, yeah, that I understand. A, yeah, that's, that's a lot different. That's that, a lot that's, harder. That's, that's I have very a divorced hard.
0: family. That, that, is, like yeah. Me and my kids' dad are actually just talking tonight, and we are having a sit-down with our kids tomorrow because we need to talk about a few things. And yeah. <laughs> I had to sit down with him first, and I'm like, "Look, you cannot get mad. You have to do that." I had to prep him for a conversation tomorrow between our yes. kids. <laughs> and I'm like, "Look, they they don't want to talk to you. You get too angry. You yell at them. You can't do that. They're sensitive. They're children. They have emotions. They need to be heard." And I like I find it works out pretty well. But I mean, I'm kind of like more like like the crazy like bit. Well. <laughs> ex-wife or whatever, but, you know, like, he's got somewhat of respect for me to listen when it comes to our kids. And he still cries me about their problems and everything. But I, I, I don't personally like the guy very much to be honest but i mean we still work together when it comes towards our kids See, I, which a lot of parents don't
2: see I, that that's something i do worry about i try to have a uh, a united front with my ex-wife and and most of the guy most of the people here uh on this panel like they know my my history of my ex-wife we we've had conversations and if you listen to any past podcasts you know how much i I blast and, and pick on my ex wife uh, continuously, but when my children are misbehaved in their in her presence, and she tells me they 're grounded, that grounding carries over to when I have them. I yeah. hope she does the same on the opposite end of the coin, you know, but uh, I try to have a a united front, but it 's very hard, and one of the things like i was I was sitting here kind of chuckling when you were mentioning about the United front part about, like, they will try to divide you. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, you know, I tell them no, and they go to mommy and say, well, daddy said it was okay.
4: Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of the first yeah. things that went through my head, like, can I have a cookie? No. Uh, so they go to mom. Mom, can I have a cookie? Well, what did dad said. He said it's okay.
3: Or they'll so say, they'll, or, or, they'll do, or they'll do this. They'll, they'll say, you know, the kid says, can I have a cookie? You say, no. They go to mommy. Um, and they say, mommy, can I have a cookie? And, you know, the mom says, well, what did daddy say? Well, he said, go talk to mommy. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
4: Yeah.
2: That's why I was sitting here (laughs) chuckling because I I mean, I deal with that almost every other weekend I get my kids. It's like mom supposedly said something or other and here I am forced to talk to my ex wife. Did you tell them they could, you know,
1: (laughs) Hey, kids can manipulate heartstrings, bro. Like, can. I can just say this. I don't have kids of my own, but I'm an uncle. So it's just like for instance, when I was um when I was in Florida, I was staying with my sister and she has three children and her youngest daughters would always ask me, Hey, can I have some juice? And I was like, you know, something tells me I need to ask my sister, Hey, sis, <laughs> did you say they can have some juice? No. Go to your room. <laughs> like you ain't gonna play you ain't gonna play your uncle like this, like I love you, yeah. you you're adorable, but you gotta go back <laughs> yeah, he yeah. like, just sat there and just lied to me, what the heck like
2: no and, and, I, and they will lie. Oh, Lying yes. is
0: an unacceptable crime when you're a child. You just can't lie, no matter what it is, no matter how bad it is. Like you, ha- you have to tell your mom and dad. Your mom and dad will help you if you, if you get yeah. in trouble. Or, you know, they'll give you the right kind of consequence.
2: You know, I try. Yeah, to, I try to instill agree. that in them, and I don't know. I don't know if you guys, you know, the parents are any different, or even Anthony, but being an uncle, if you're any different to me, but I try to instill in them. It's like, look. I'm going to find out sooner or later, so oh, yeah. understand the consequences are going to be worse if I find out you lied to me than if you just came to me right away and told me as, the truth.
3: As as a parent now, I understand that now, and with with Lily, with my girl, she's still young, so we haven't quite got into a lot of that, but I still remember my parents telling me the same thing growing up. If you tell us if you don't tell us, if you hide it from it, it's just going to get worse. And of course, stupid me, I would what I would I'd lie, or I would, you know, not tell the whole truth, or I would hide something that I'd done until it was too late. And again, they'd always tell me the same thing: "It's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse." And now I'm, you know, as an adult now with a kid, I'm looking back and I was like, <laughs> you know, they were right; they were absolutely right.
1: I mean, when it comes down to dad, it. Would... One thing we got to instill in our children is integrity, integrity, and respect. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they don't have no integrity, they're not going to get far in life. Yeah. They're going to end up with a reputation they don't want because they never instilled that, okay, you don't got to do hook or crook just to get somewhere in life. Yeah. You're rewarded for when you do good things for good people. It's not always going to be like that, but at the same time, it, it shows more of a positive light on yourself because... My mom always said this: You want to be a person to celebrate when you walk into a room, not a person that's like, "Oh my God, why is he here?"
3: Yeah,
0: yes. See, I'm like one of those. I'm one of those parents that you guys are probably going to be like, "Oh no, how dare you do that now?" Um, but see, I've like, I've I've always told my children, you know, there's appropriate times for everything, and you know, hitting and stuff is like a big no no, and especially in school and everything. Um. I honestly had to tell my kids like straight up because there was this kid that would like push my son on the ground and kick him in the stomach. And I had to tell them straight up because the teachers were not paying attention. And this was in daycare and they were on their phones and stuff and I was not paying attention to the kids and just on their phones. So my son would get kicked so hard he'd be standing there like bleh, like almost puking. So, I had to tell my kids specifically, like, look, if someone's going to be hit, like, my my daughter's older than my son. So, I'm like, if someone's going to be hitting your brother, I'm like, by all means, throat punch him. One good hit. That's it, lay him out and you help your brother. And she's like, Well, yeah. I'll get in trouble. I'm like, You're not going to get in trouble for helping out your brother and protecting your brother. The yeah. same goes for your brother. If he helps you or something, you guys are not going to be getting in trouble. I'm like, But you get one yeah. good hit and that's it. <laughs> so yeah. you better make it worth it. Because after oh. that is fighting. <laughs> My yeah. mother always no, I... told
1: me, It always told me, yo, like, look. Don't you go out there picking fights and getting into trouble, but if somebody's gonna try you. You make sure you um you start um you finish what they started. It's like even yeah. like that, I'm gonna kick your ass when you get home. <laughs>
2: that yeah. was I don't let you... That was my that was my family. Don't you dare throw the first punch, but make sure you throw the last.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh my, my yeah. kids like I told them like you, I don't care if you throw the first punch. If you're scared, if you feel threatened, if someone's in your face, if they're bigger than you, if there's more of them, if they're constantly doing it, you give them that one good hit <laughs> that they're going to regret getting for the rest of their lives and they won't ever touch you again. Like, and yeah. don't be a victim to these people picking on you all the time or these people hurting you all the time. I'm like, by all means, lay them out. <laughs> well, I- <laughs> but yeah, you get I mean- one. You get one yeah, only,
1: and I don't one care thing, if it's last. It's one thing when your kid's on the other end of bullying or something like that. At that point, I'm like, okay, you know what? You got to scrap. Like, I've even had to say this to my nieces when I was down in Florida. Like, I told them, like, if somebody's picking on you or doing something gross or whatever, you let them know you don't like that. Do yeah. not ever, like, because, like, especially, like, young girls and stuff like that, we're living in a world where girls got to know how to protect themselves just as much as the guys do. Like, oh yeah, because mm. like this world has gotten really aggressive towards women. So, yeah, like we we got to give we got to give these kids some games so they that way when they go out through life <coughs> they don't got to settle for less. Well, look, be quite honest
2: i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pick I'm not gonna pick on how people raise children because everybody's got a different style we were all raised in a certain way shape or form that we may oh, yeah, or yeah. may may or may not agree with but i I think parenting is extremely simple to break down to one simple rule and I think you know and correct me if I'm wrong here guys but like I think it could break down to one simple phrase would fix a lot of parenting problems and and, and Fixed future generations if they continue on with this simple ideal. Be the person you want your child to be or the person you want your child to marry. Yes. Show them, at, for, for men, show your little daughters the man they should expect from other men. And in turn, yeah. show show your boys the type of man they should be. And vice versa for women. Yeah. Be the woman that you would want your daughter to be. So they can learn who that who a proper woman would be, and also to to mm-hmm. to your male to your boys, show them the type of woman you would want them to ty- to marry.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: I think I think exactly. if we all had that mentality and we instilled that in our children, it would it it would snowball down where. A lot of the problems we hear about in the news and a lot of the issues that we talk about on It Had to Be Said or Delivery Brothers or, or Realm of the Mist podcast, we would run out of things to talk about because things would start correcting themselves. We think about how we would want to be treated in that situation or the type of people we would want in our lives. And then we instill that into our children and they pass that to their children. it, it, it mm. almost It almost seems ridiculously simple. You know, and I didn't need yeah. a book from from Doctor Spock or you know a switch from behind the uh, the woodshed to get it.
3: Yeah,
0: I, exactly. I told my kids, like you know, like the golden rule, like like treat uh, other yeah treat others how you expect to be treated. I'm like how you treat people is how they're gonna treat you. If you are nice to them and they're not nice back to you, well then forget them. Like, you showed them the respect that they deserve, and if they can't uh, reciprocate that, then they don't deserve your respect. If someone wants to be mean to you, like, you be nice to them. If someone's going to walk all over you, you stand up to them. And you know what? You show them, this is how I want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And you just don't 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 take crap from people. You don't let people walk all over you. But you show them all the niceness and respect in the world, and if they want to be, like, not return that... Then by all means, you could be as savage as you want, pretty much. Yeah. But you don't let treat people treat you bad. But you give them that like, "Hi, nice to see you." Blah blah blah. My name's this, and you know you you always yeah. keep yourself composed. But the second they cross the line, is like you don't have to keep keep that respect up. You don't have to be like nice to someone who's not nice to you. If someone steals your, if you go to share your toy with someone and they go steal it from you, well then they don't deserve your toy.
2: Yeah. You you're bringing up They're a very going. good point. It's one of those lies that we were all brought up with uh growing up is that, you know, uh people have to earn respect. I don't I don't agree with that statement at all. I think I think everybody earns disrespect, but by default, we should all respect each other until given reason not to. Yeah. yeah I agree. I think that's the I major difference in this world. Instead of making people earn my respect, you just automatically have it until you have a reason for me not to respect.
3: Too. Exactly.
0: It's pretty simple and, you know, like then you, people tend to typically treat you how you treat them. So, you know, if you're nice to them, I'm not going to say that, you know, they're not going to steal from you or do something like that shady human behavior, but that's like, can they still be nice to you? Can they still talk to you nicely? They do you wrong and you still have to like communicate with them because you have to be in the same room as them. Can you sit there like level headed and like still show them that same respect, you know, and it's not for them. It's for you. Because you look respectful and people could know how, that they robbed you or they, they stole your they kicked your dog or something. But it's going to reflect on you how you react like you you could do whatever you want back to them, okay? I'm not gonna say put limitations on what you could do to someone if they kick your dog. But <laughs> when you have to deal with them again later on in life, you still have to show them respect because it's your self respect that's going to reflect on you. Yeah, I agree. But like did- you look like the bigger person.
2: But especially getting back to the topic at hand here with uh, with, with with John and, and adoption, I'm I'm loving the fact that we had this conversation because of uh, with with adoption. There's so much stigma, and I mean, you turn on the news or or you know you read a newspaper, you go online, yes. especially in this day and age, you always hear horror stories about like child molesters or children you know abandoned somewhere or some parent doing some god awful thing to that to that child and then later on the story comes out that this person was adopted or it was a, a person of trust or it was, you know, a yeah. step parent. Like all we ever hear is the negatives. Oh. I am so thrilled that that, that Anthony and Venus was able to bring uh, bring John's story, which I think is a very positive story. Yeah. To to I the agree. forefront. I, I'm thrilled yeah. and I, I, I really, really want to applaud not only your your uh, biological mom for making such a selfless decision uh for, for your for your well being, but also really, really applaud your, your adoptive parents uh for the life they gave you and, and how open they were to you having a relationship with your biological family. That yeah. that that's that's something I I can't praise that enough.
3: Yeah. Well thank you. Agree. Thank you. I appreciate that. No. And you, you know, I, I know it's kind of we're gonna get um close to probably to the, the cutoff time or whatever, but
2: No, um, not it, really. Despite... If we treat it like a normal show, it's we got another we got time, just I wanted to be oh. able to say
3: that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I uh yeah. plus my computer's starting to get low on battery power anyway, so
1: Man, plug um, that thing in.
3: What? <laughs> I've nowhere plug solved.
1: it. Plug it in,
2: plug it in. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm clean. Um, I'm Charming Clean. Oh sorry, wrong commercial. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world
1: are you talking about? We about to start doing Mr. Clean snippets or whatever. What's going
2: on? Oh, wow. Oh yeah, my high clean.
1: Okay, first of all, we don't need to hear about your hiney. Second of all, we need to start thinking about getting bidets in our system so that way we can have clean buttocks. But that's a whole different story for another day.
2: (laughs) We're not going to talk about clean hiney. Let's get get bidets so we can all have clean heinies. Yes. I mean, it does Uh,
1: actually work. They say it's actually more cleaner, but that's a whole different story for another day. That's it. (laughs) We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in another subject. We're talking yes. about eggs <laughs> and how they can be better for your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monster just... by tushy. I'm just kidding. I, I, it, ties it actually
0: with... sounds scary. Like you're just sitting there and you don't expect it, and all of a sudden, like, woo! Oh wow. <laughs> like, do you keep a towel close by, or is it just toilet paper?
1: <laughs> towel. Oh gosh, I don't know. Well, I
2: mean, know. you just, I mean, <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> See, all I'm thinking about is As it, the man
1: it, who's had a bidet experience, it changed my life. But that's a whole different
2: <laughs> See, I the only the only the only thing close to a bidet experience I have is like, you know, you 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 take that you take that constitution and you know it, it, it plops into the water and before your butthole closes all the way that little that little stream comes back up from a good splash and that that's an eye opening that's an eye opening experience. I don't know if I'd <laughs> want that purposely um, to happen. I okay. wasn't
4: done yet. <laughs> oh,
1: that! <best. laughs> Second of all, I would have probably did a double over because of that. <laughs> Third of all, I was in Japan and I got to use one of those Japanese um, cleaning toilets. And I'm telling you right now, I had never felt so clean after my, in my life, and even had a personal hair um, air dryer in there too.
0: <laughs> and oh, that's how it's done. <laughs> Now well, we know.
1: You, I mean, seriously, it, it felt like a whole world was lifted up off of me.
2: <laughs> I want to apologize to the Tali family. I was giving them respects, and we went automatically <laughs> to toilet water. <laughs> I mean, what are you describing? Uh, hey, this, I was trying that? to keep it clean. I, I, I could, if, if, this was any, if this was any other show, I would have used a lot more vulgar and descriptive uh, Terminologies than than what I used in this time around, but I'm trying to keep it clean in this one.
3: <laughs> but hey, I know
0: I've <laughs> censored my language as well. <laughs> this would not,
3: this would not be a realm of the Mist podcast if we did not at one point go completely off the rails.
0: Yeah, yep. true. <laughs> and we did exactly.
4: <laughs> Thank
2: you. Today. Well, here's 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 some questions to get it back on topic of, of adoption. Okay. Uh okay. John we we kind of we kind of know your story but now that you've lived that type of life what would you say to other people that are going through a similar scenario like they just found out that they're adopted and and maybe want to find their biological parents uh do well, you do you get involved with anything that that uh that helps uh, adoptive families or or you know, some sort of like outreach program or anything of that nature or or do these things even exist?
3: I'm sure they do. And it would be, I mean, if you do, I mean, obviously with Google, you can look that up and, you know, uh, first of all, I just talk, if you are adopted and you recently found out, first thing I would say is don't hold any animosity towards your parents, um, your adopted parents, you know, um, they, they had their reasons right or wrong for not telling you until they did and you know just always i say always give you know especially if they raised you if they if they were good parents towards you and they loved you and raised you right you know don't hold any animosity try not to hold the animosity towards them and don't hold any animosity towards your biological parents um because again i mean that had to be a excruciating decision to make i mean Unless they're just horrible, horrible people who are like, yeah, hey, I don't want this kid. Give it away. Um, that still had, it I mean, it had to be a, a... Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure there I mean, there, there are, unfortunately, people that are like that. That are just like, yeah. eh. But... Well, if they don't you want know, you and they
0: can give you all the love and stuff you needed. It's still yeah. probably a good decision at the end of the day.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, that was more but I would talk with right. my with with your adoptive parents, and just see. So you know, first of all, ask: was it an open adoption? Meaning, wasn't it was it an adoption where the biological pa- parent said, "Yes, anytime I would like to be part of this child's life if he ever wants it," or was it something that the parent the because bio- there are situations where the biological parent says for the you know the sake of everyone involved you know and sometimes it's the adoption adopted parent too because there was maybe you know maybe drug use involved or alcoholism that they've said you know no you know we don't want you know any you know and find out you know like you know find out from from your parents you know what this what the situation was and if it would be a good idea cuz sometimes it's not you know there's situations where you know, the, bio- the, the, the the kid goes and finds his biological fam family and finds his biological mom and realizes that, yeah, this wasn't a good idea. So always always kind of do your homework and research and for you know, find out. But if it's a situation where it's open and everyone's okay with it, then yes, I say by all means, if you're adopted, go find your biological family. You know, find out about them. Even if it's just to find out, like you know, any medical stuff, or is there like a history of you know cancer or other diseases in your family? If and if it's just for that little bit of self, um, you know, self self consciousness, then even that's just uh, that's a good idea. Um, And as far as uh, young parents who are you know young mothers who are um might be pregnant and you know it's a un- unwanted pregnancy or it's an unexpected pregnancy and it wasn't something that was planned and you're scared and you don't know what to do that adoption is a wonderful and beautiful thing and you're there are th- hundreds if not thousands of parents here in the united states and in canada and all, probably all over the world who would love to have a child who can't you know for whatever reason they can't have a, chi- a child of their own and would love to have one and give it the love that they wanted that that it, that child deserves so you know always remember there are other op- there are other options out there than the, than than the worst option
2: that's another thing I w- I would like to say too and I, again being being a uh, an only child and you know my father died at 22 I don't have the 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 connection like you do to this type of subject or or whatever but I would almost want to say too that anybody who discovers that they were adopted please please remember that doesn't doesn't matter who your biological parents are doesn't matter who your your uh, adoptive parents are at the end of the day, you are still you, regardless mm-hmm, of the situations, exactly. even, even under the worst case scenarios that you've got, you know, adopted parents who, who loved you enough to raise you as their own. You discover that you were adopted. You discover your biological parents were pieces of garbage. Just just for example, that does not make you a piece of garbage or unwanted no. or anything. You are still you. At the end yeah. of the day, you are still the person you are. And don't ever forget that.
3: Yeah. And here's um, an interesting little tidbit that is, I always, I've, I've always find this really interesting about adoption, is what, when I'm adopted, like, let's, let's say, for example, with Chris, and I know you would never do this, Chris. Right. Let's say you get so upset at your, your son, and you decide you know what? I'm disowning you. I want nothing to do with you. As an adopted child, my parents cannot do that. My right. parents can never disown me. It is against the law here in the United States for them to disown me. They could never disown me. So they're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: see that? You already have I, an advantage I don't have.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, but in, in, it's it's literally a choice. I mean, they chose me. They, you know, out of all the kids, you know, they the kids they're, I happen to be the one that they chose. So there's that kind of thing too. And I always think it was like, I always grew up thinking it was kind of cool that I was adopted. You know, it was always kind of like, hey, this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm unique. I was unique. I was the only adopted child in my neighborhood and usually in my school. So that was always kind of a cool thing. I always thought that was kind of a, a neat and unique little thing that made me a little bit different, a little bit, you know, yeah, kind special. of cool, special.
2: There there's the term. Um well that that's something else I would wanna to say too, is yeah. that any any parent yeah, just... sorry, go ahead.
3: You going to say something, Venus? Uh,
1: Venus, you yeah,
0: say. Yeah, I was just gonna say I was gonna say just a quick note for like any mom who's scared or whatever, even young moms, older moms, we're never ready for babies. So like you don't like you'll if you wanna make it work, you'll make it work. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like most of us were unemployed when we started having babies, you know, we all had to like, most of us started off on like welfare or something yeah. just to like support our kids. Like we yeah. made it work. Like you're, n- you're not alone in the world. Oh, yeah. There's lots of moms out there who did it. You'll be fine. Um, if not a baby is not the most terrible thing that could ever happen to you oh, no. or well, you know, like yeah. a decision you'll have to make about later on to keep yeah. your baby or whatever. It's it's minor. It's a part of life, and you know what? As scary as it may seem, it's it's rewarding. It's worth it. There's hard yeah. days. Just find some supportive type of moms who like can be there for you.
2: Yeah, I on, on mean, our support with our groups. Oh. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's support groups. There's all types of information out there. If you need to reach out to somebody, maybe it isn't yeah. your family. Maybe you need somebody that's an extension. Thankfully, in the age we live in. There's always some program or something you can reach out to. Yeah. You will never alone on well, that. Act.
3: As far as Venus, Venus saying, you know, never, you know, no one's ever ready, you know. Our our child was planned. I mean, we we wanted to have a baby. We were trying for a baby. And when you find when that baby finally comes, you realize like, "Oh, and we just had to make the decision <laughs> because we kept waiting thinking, "Okay, we're going to wait till we're financially financially secure We're going to wait till we're financially secure." We finally realized we're never going to be financially secure.
2: Oh no, you're not. That, no. that was something yeah. I was going to say that was going to, was going to, say to, to yeah. piggyback off of Venus. She was talking about like uh, young and older moms that were scared, like d- to the dads too. Guys, oh. let let's let's be honest and real here. I know it it it's a kind of a until you are actually the father. I know it's a scary situation. It's kind of a detached form that this change is coming and you have no control and. Everything yeah. else and that is the scariest feeling in the world. But I'm telling you, ride the wave. You, yeah. the only way you're a bad, bad parent, the only way you're a bad father is by not being a father.
3: Exactly. And as a dad, and I'm sure, you know, Chris, you can attest to this. Um, I thought being a being married and being a husband was the hardest job I ever had. Being a dad has been the hardest, but yet most fulfilling job I've ever done. Oh, and I would not trade it for the world.
2: Oh, I, I've stated that uh, again. You know, I'm a former pro wrestler. I've served in the military. I'm a former musician. I run a company of a po- uh, of what eight podcasts. Yeah. And all of it compare uh, pale in comparison to the greatest job I've ever had, and that's being a dad. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful.
2: yeah
1: When I grow up one of these days, maybe I'll be a daddy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> when I grow up, what? Wait, grow up? I, I'm 40, I, What? What is this "grow up" word you speak of? <laughs> See, that's, when,
2: that's one. of the greatest things about having kids is you don't have to grow up. You get to sit there and play exactly. tea party with your daughter, and, and exactly. GI Joe with your son, and
3: exactly d-
2: it's an excuse not have, to grow up.
3: <laughs> have lightsaber battles with your daughter while she's praying a, wearing a princess dress.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know. One day when I do become a father, I I'm actually I'm actually open to the thought of having children. I used to be like, I don't want kids, I don't want kids, I don't want kids. But to be quite honest, like just from the experience of being an uncle, I would not mind, you know, having a child with yeah. uh, with a good woman, if I could find her one day. So like 'cause I mean, I wanna be able to give the kid the things I didn't have. I didn't have my father in my life. It was all my mother. Single yeah. parent, worked three jobs, went to college, got us a house to rest our head in to call our own. Like come from the background I came from, I will never want my child to struggle like we did.
3: Yeah, and I think and I think that's the that's what every every parent wants their child to be better off to have a better life than they had.
2: Unfortunately, I think guys, that's really what it, just to let you know, unfortunately we uh Venus uh, was having internet issues and unfortunately we are losing her in this uh, for the rest okay. of this podcast. Just to let everybody know, uh, I will. Oh, will
0: no, be... I'm still here. Oh, you're still just, here. If it cuts out again, yeah, it cuts out. I had like 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 a minute straight of like not hearing anything. But Uh-oh. if it does that again, I'm just gonna drop out.
2: Okay. I, well, I, I, yeah. okay. If, if yeah, it, if it cuts on her again uh, when we do the outros, I'll make sure everybody knows about uh, where they can find you, how to contact contact you. Your typical outro. Alright. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: But um with that, um, I actually had to step out. Anthony Anthem has um some anthem vests to attend to. Um okay. because of, you know, on the quality go, of greatness.
2: He he's gonna he's gonna go to quality test of a <laughs> day.
4: Um,
1: <laughs> you must know I don't have a bidet yet, but I am buying a bidet system soon. It's easy to it's no, easy to do in one, a two,
3: three.
1: I'm telling you,
3: <laughs> it's, that's gonna be hey,
4: that's gonna be our next
3: sponsor for Realm of the Mist. Yeah, right. That's gonna be our first <laughs> official sponsor. The, hey, a bidet, speak that to the, the universe. Shoot.
1: Well, I- I'm serious, guys. It will change your life. <laughs> so You'll never want to leave the toilet again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well then, I can never get one because, as, as my girl will tell you, I'd never leave the toilet to begin with.
1: So that's what I'm saying. Like you're gonna end up living there. You're gonna eat your breakfast there. You
4: gonna
1: <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna be sitting there eating a bowl of
2: cereal. Easy in, <laughs> easy out. <laughs> oh my god! You'd be
1: like, like, dang. You know what? I I think I'm gonna go sit on the bidet. Babe, we're supposed to have a romantic dinner. You know what? We'll put a mini table in here. You can sit across from me. We
2: can look each other in the eyes. Oh, my God. Side-by-side <laughs> <by, laughs> side side bidets with a TV tray.
4: <laughs> For
2: his and hers.
4: Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Shoot,
2: put, the,
1: put your PlayStation in there. You can do podcasts in there, get a good sound, because some people record in the
2: bathroom anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Candle lit dinner with your pants around your ankles.
1: <laughs> hey, that's the best way to be. At least you're in your comfort zone.
4: Uh, Anthony, since
2: you're, since you're skipping out on us here, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Okay, for me, Mr. A.K.A. Anthony Anthem, you can find me on um, social media of all platforms under Anthony Anthem Williams. Um, you can also find me via Delivery Bros. 816- on Instagram, and on Twitter. You can also find me on Delivery Bros. Casey on Facebook if you want to take a good look. Well, with that, um, Anthony Anthem is out. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Thank you very much, Robert the Miss, and um, shout out to my future baby mamas, and um, I'm out (laughs) of here.
0: Baby mamas.
2: (laughs) Hey, we love you. Hey, (laughs) Later, man.
0: Thanks,
2: guys. I love you. Bye. Bye. So yeah, the, the the other thing I wanted to, to to bring up before we went back into the bidets, um, was uh, what I was gonna say to the to the parents besides besides the fathers, to, to the parents that are contemplating uh the parents to be, the the ones that want to become uh adopters.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I can't think of a more nobler cause to have in the world, but make sure you do your (coughs) research and make sure it's something that you desperately want because we're not talking about like adopting a puppy or kitten. As Venus has has pointed out on numerous occasions, children are not property. You don't own them and command them. You raise them and and teach them. It is a major difference. So make sure this is something that you are mentally equipped to do as you heard from biological parents you're never financially ready you're never really uh, even emotionally ready for for a child you just learn as you go but make sure that this is something that you are ready to dedicate your life to exactly because if you are there is nothing greater on this planet you could do
0: exactly i want to like a I want an army of children still <laughs> I want countless numbers of children and like why because people are probably sitting there and, like you're crazy but honestly I just find there's so many kids in the world that just don't get loved like their moms don't hug them enough or anything and you know they never really feel wanted or anything like that and I, and I love kids <laughs> I want a whole bunch of them, and I want to love them and hug them and tuck them into bed at night and, you know, make them breakfast and have, have them with their little lunches to go to school.
2: John, tell me I'm not the only one while she was saying the, I want to love them and hug them. and Kiss uh, them and name them George. You, you, had, you had a Mice and Man in your head, too. Didn't you? <laughs>
3: yes. I tell that, I tell that to Lily George's. all the time. I I tell that to George Lily all the time. George with a J
0: for a girl, and George with a G E for a boy, and yeah, and then I'll, 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 George a George.
3: I always tell Lily all the time, like I'm gonna love you and hug you and kiss you and name you George, and she'll go, i know George. I go, okay, George, but my name not George. Then what's your name, George? <laughs> I and just, like, my name is Right. Okay, well, okay, George. Whatever you say, George.
2: I always, always mess with my daughter about being my second son, and she, I'm a girl. Like, you know. <laughs> it's always. It, it's hilarious, <sighs> Daddy. I'm a girl. I know you're a girl, but you're still my second son.
0: Like, <laughs> oh, so they have this like country. I just thought of this. They're like this country song called Daddy's Girl. <laughs> My dad used to play it like all the time. You guys should check it out later. <laughs> mm. It's like probably the most annoying thing because it's got the bong, 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 <laughs> like older country style. But yeah,
2: there, there's like, another my one. dad used to play it for
0: me a lot, and I loved it.
2: Well, uh, well we're talking about, we're talking about people stepping up and being parents, basically, uh, whether it's adoption or step parents or, or anything of that nature. And you mentioned a country song. It's a good one. Uh, It's not Brad Paisley. It's uh, Blair something or other. I forget his name off the top of my head. But the song is called The Best Man. And Mm -hmm. it's a song he written to his stepfather. uh, About, uh, you know, how his father left and and wasn't a dad. But mom met this guy and this guy raised him as his own son. And had him be the best man at the wedding to marry his mother. and, And just, it was a real real heartfelt love note to to his stepfather. I mean guys I, cool. I don't know if you're into country or not, but look up the best man. Um you, it's it's definitely one to hear. Mm. And and fitting to this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm not a country fan either, but my pa- my parents were like huge country fans, and it's so funny. Like when they sit there and they like used to like bash rap music, how it's all like drinking and partying. It's like, what the hell do you think country music's about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know if we're if we're signing. It's all
0: co- getting done.
2: If if we're signing country songs to everybody, I think Venus's song would be "She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy." <laughs> 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 oh
3: well guys, I'm gonna have to probably get <laughs> wow. off here pretty soon, so well,
2: right on uh John is there anybody yeah. you wanna uh shout out to or or any uh anything you wanna promote before we go into the realm of the Miss prom- promotions like any final thoughts or words
3: um I mean, I think we kinda like I was just saying, you know um if you're if you're a single mom looking for looking you know not know what to do look into adoption look into different adoption agencies and I mean they're all over the place it just you can just Google it everyone pretty much everyone has a smartphone nowadays if you don't have a computer and you know just you know always know that you are you're never alone even if you think you are you're never alone and there are people out there who will help you through this and. And if you want to, you know, go through it, you know, if you're looking to adopt, you know, again, you know, you know, just be patient because it's not always something that just always falls into your lap. You know, it can take time after time after time after time going through it. So,
2: Absolutely. And why don't you go ahead and tell them what they got in the store for them for War of the Stars this coming Wednesday and uh, where they could find you.
3: Well, this Wednesday is probably going to be a shorter episode. I'm not sure what we're going to be how much we're actually going to be fine to talk about when we talk about Luke Skywalker. So, yeah, probably you know what you're thinking—a 15-minute show.
2: Yeah, right.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But no, we're going to be talking about the, uh, as I said on um, my little on the Facebook post and on my Instagram post, the last of the Jedi Knights, Luke Skywalker, this Wednesday. On War of the Stars, uh, you can find me as always on most social media platforms under Facebook under John Mark Tolly, uh, under under Mark Tolly I should say. It's um, under Twitter I'm John Mark Tolly One, and on Instagram at John Tolly thirty nine thirty. And also you can find me um, anywhere Realm of the Mist is found. I'm uh, usually on most of their most of the groups there and everything like that. So, and if you have any questions about any questions that you might have got answered about adoption, I am more than willing to answer whatever I can.
2: Well, there you go. And guys, we will at the end of this video, well, not at the end of this video, but uh, in the description down below, I will make sure there are, uh, what I could find as far as eight hundred numbers or whatever to to attach to this video. If you have questions about adoption, uh, whether yes. it's to find out uh, about your biological parents or just your options if you're uh, a single mother expecting, or or not even a single mother. I know there's 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 parents that decision decide this as well. So I mean, if you're a parent that's thinking about adoption, if you're a you know want to be parents that want to adopt or you're an adoptee that's wanting to find out a little bit more about your history i'll see what information i can find and it will be linked in the description of this video below
3: yeah exactly good
2: so all right venus uh with 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 john leaving are we uh finishing up uh it had to be said or are we going to call this one uh we going to call this one good
0: um is there anything else to talk about? Well, my connection's actually pretty bad too. So I was I have like connection now, is like all like bleep 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 be patient. When with Mark with his outro and I'm like, okay, I'll be patient. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give my outro now. Hopefully my internet will be better tomorrow. Um But yeah. Um you can find me um here tomorrow. We're gonna be doing Realm of the Mist tomorrow, I believe, right? Uh, still still to be
2: determined I haven't decided if I'm yeah. going to do it Or just let it have a week off <laughs> Give us all a night off
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay um, And then you can find me back here Thursday for the Tinfoil Hat Society um, We're talking about EM uh, Jesus the EMFs or EMPs <laughs> EMPs um, uh, 5G Stuff like that Electromagnetic stuff Um And, well, I'll be back next Tuesday for It Had to Be Said with Venus. You can find me on Facebook as Venus Chan or Solar Nova. Um, You can find my fan page, too, as Realm of the Mist um, presents It Had to Be Said with Venus. Or on Instagram as Venus Uncensored or email at venusuncensored.gmail.com.
2: All right, guys, you can find me wherever Realm of the Mist" can be heard, whether it's uh, on podcast uh, channels like iTunes, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or right here on YouTube. Make sure you hit the like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to be able to present more uh, uh Oh, brain farting. What are these called? More podcasts to you. uh, (laughs) So you can hit that notification bell. So that way you'll be notified whenever new material goes up, which goes up daily. And, of course, guys... Thank you very, very much for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Without you guys, there is no us, and we appreciate you in every which way from Sunday. I want to thank you very much. I want to thank our host uh, Anthony Uh, Anthem and Venus Chan, for taking us on a little journey through the world of adoptions and modern-day parenting. Let's call it what it is. Um, And, guys, we look forward to giving you another personal profile very soon who knows who it could be it could be one of us next <laughs> till then have a good night guys
0: we'll put everyone on this everyone's gonna go on the hot seat <laughs>
2: eventually one of every one of us will have be telling our own personal stories in some way shape or form so but for now i think this is the right one to start with so <laughs> all right Absolutely. guys have yourself a good week
0: good night
4: Why didn't the three little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't sins have the body strength to climb out a swimming pool? And does everybody really want to be a cat? I'm Will Baker And I'm Alex Prescott. And if you're the type of person that overthinks the philosophical questions, then think the brink is the podcast for you. From Disney characters to song lyrics, bait to the cat. Tune in every week for your Dallas analysis. All topic suggestions are welcome. If you can think it, can overthink it. Thanks to the break. on all podcast platforms. Hey everyone, this is Dolly. Inviting you to check out War Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Each week we my co-host Chris Rastali discuss the news injuries surrounding one of the largest franchise franchises in the world. Every Wednesday at 8 Eastern, of the galaxy far, far, Right here on Anchor, and wherever, find Podcasts You know, when you need CBD, juice, or mud, both of the 8 5 9 Ree- nine- one- they call as East Cody. All your year- all the And hey, there. Sit and enjoy and hang out with a bunch of creatures. So guys really need your next eight machine. Or maybe you wanna try a local made, uh, juice. You hit up scorpion scorpion. eight at Boston Avenue. build up a 9116. Civicum 54483. make of the said that. She said i that.
0: And so I
2: think that measure trigger time. Guest shows we can like took on trigger warning deep you- I'm here to tell you about I talk all the good things from music, books, many, many other <laughs> <things. from> <laughs> politics, just <laughs> general humor, if you're looking for that is right up your alley. look for home of the mist he anger.fm or word fine podcasts can be heard.
4: This is Dave from The Comic Collection at 83 Busselton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and of course comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello and say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Boston Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Three-Eyed Turtle? Is that all right? What <laughs> the oh,
2: fuck a Three-Eyed Turtle? are you tired of the same old podcast with no humor (laughs) well join us for after hours where everything is funny that leads to us on anchor.fm and where quality podcasts are heard how the fuck did we get on this (laughs) i don't know fcc started this shit it's their fucking fault hey everyone this is dak this is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast Whoa, that whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe you're bi and weak. I'm straight and strong. It means twice a week, you douche.
4: Oh.
0: Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays, we talk about gay stuff, zombies- superhero sex positions
4: and on feature peep fridays we interview the
2: feature peep of the week
0: yeah like a fucking feed.
2: just search wps podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas we're on apple podcast stitcher spotify youtube and anywhere else you get your podcasts we believe in equal opportunity humor where all things can be made fun of so if your feelings get hurt and you're offended you can
3: always eat a dick